nervous, a little choked up this morning. I'm just going to come down here. Uh, wow. Uh, I may not look to the right. My wife is over here. If I make... Oh my gosh, I'm a wreck. I'm an absolute wreck. Ah, okay, well, let's get started. Uh, my name is Daniel Davis. For those of you that don't know who I am, uh, my lovely wife, Allison, uh, Jackson, Haley's in the back. I think Aiden's at home today. Is that correct? And then my father-in-law and mother-in-law are here today. So uh, pretty awesome. Um, I really tried to extend uh, worship as long as I could uh, so I could make this short and sweet for you guys. Uh, and in case you haven't wondered, I haven't always been a worship leader, um, and uh, it's something that has just recently come to me over the last couple years, and uh, I'm very fortunate uh, to, to have that a part of my life. But uh, anyways, I'm going to share with you uh, my testimony. Um, I really wish that it was something uh, awesome that I had served the Lord for my whole entire life and that I had an amazing marriage. And uh, to be quite honest with you, that's so far from the truth. So anyways, we'll kind of get into that. Uh, but it's a story about uh, redemption, reconciliation, and restoration. Um, and we will start out in Romans 8, 38 through 39, if you guys want to turn there. And then I will, I will pray. Father, just thank you for today. Lord, I am nervous as I'll get. And I'm a wreck. Lord, so I just ask that you give me the strength and the courage this morning uh, to share the story, really your story, God, of redemption in my life. Lord, and I pray that you use it in the way that you want to use it, and it glorifies your name. Amen. All right. So really, I was uh, going through Romans. Chapter 8 is, is pretty powerful within itself, and so I was rolling through, and I'm like, oh my gosh, just all of this is, uh, is speaking to me. But something that stands out to me that I feel like in my story uh, is, is this verse here. And it says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God. No power in the sky or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Whew. For me, that's that's huge. I I, I kind of look back at that. I you know I look at those those words. Nothing nothing can ever separate us from God's love. What we do know is sin can separate us from God in relationship, but it doesn't separate us from His love. And as I kind of reflect back on my life, uh, I see that in so many different ways, uh, where the sin of my life was was was. You know, I was creating these walls, and but God's love was always there. I do remember uh, many times uh, in my story of uh, when I was really building some walls up, God would meet me around the corner every time. And I'll be honest with you, it really irritated me. 
uh, when, when God was, was, was meeting me there. But uh, reflecting back, I can see God's love was always with me. Uh, my sin separated me from God, but uh, God's love was always pursuing me. God was always right there next to me. Um, wow, so when did things fall apart for my life? It's interesting, uh, my parents uh, was adopted when I was a very young, young child, and uh, my adopted parents uh, divorced when I was six, and so um, my mom had just come to the, to the Lord, and uh, you know, being a single mom and trying to raise some kids is, is tough, and there's a lot of challenges with that. And so she really got plugged into a church. And uh, if you, ca- in case you haven't noticed, I'm a little charismatic with my worship and things. So yes, I grew up a little bit of a, a charismatic, I don't know, what would you call it? It was, my mom was into the tambourines and, and just crazy things sometimes. So the prayer, she'd be cleaning the church or something like that. And me and my buddy would be hiding under the chairs. And she's casting demons out of the church and stuff. So it was a totally different end of the spectrum you know I always asked why God I couldn't be couldn't have been a Baptist instead of a uh, charismatic but uh, okay maybe that wasn't funny but anyways it was pretty funny to me Uh, anyways so I grew up in Tulsa Oklahoma Um, man I really I really did find a relationship with God when I was early in my life watching my mom pray as we were driving to uh home or to church like if we ever had free time we were at church that's where we were at and you know I'm young and I don't really know what's going on and she's like we got to pray like we don't have gas we got to pray we don't have food we got to pray and time and time again I watched God answer those prayers and so God was very real to me at a very young age but unfortunately some pretty significant things happened to me The ultimate tragedy happened in my life. A lot of people, this is this is a tough thing for me to share. And I I want to be transparent with you guys. But when I was twelve, I was sexually abused by my youth pastor. And what I can tell you is that sent me on a reckless path of destruction. I was so mad and angry with God. The the anger and the bitterness inside of me just continued to grow. And as I got a little bit older, obviously our culture and things were were pulling me uh, much, much closer, but I wanted absolutely nothing to do with God. I was hardening my heart on purpose and pushing Him away. I remember as, uh, as I was getting a little bit older into, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start with this here, sorry. Uh, so I started looking into the world for the answers of my pain, right? Uh, I started selling drugs when I was 15. And let me tell you, this was the beginning of my life, spiraling downhill in a very fast way. Uh, I was dic- addicted to drugs, alcohol, sex, and pornography before I was 18, and this was my life. And guess what? I wasn't happy. No matter how much I pursued or consumed the world, I kept finding myself unsatisfied. 
I was seeking the ultimate happiness and fulfillment but kept finding myself in darkness. I just remember time and time again, you know, uh, they say when you get high, you know, it's that, that first time or whatever, and then you just keep trying to find that, and you keep trying to find that. And, and I did. I kept, I kept trying to find it. Um, you know, and, and the world uh, kept, kept calling to me, kept showing me how amazing life is. And obviously with my experience with, with, with uh, the church, I didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, my mom being a praying mom uh, prayed for me all the time. Uh, I moved around a lot, and uh, my mom would always send me a birthday present or, or a Christmas card or something like that, and it was always a Christian CD or, or a book or something about God. I used to just get so stinking angry, and I would throw it out the window, and I would throw it out the window, and then the next one would come, and I would throw it out the window, and I remember telling God, listen, I don't think you understand I don't want anything to do with you. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. That was my words. I knew God was real. There was no denying that God was real. I just didn't want him in my life. I was very, very intentional about not having God in my life. So, I did a lot of a lot of selling drugs through that time in my life uh, from a young age. Getting, uh, was in south of, of Houston there, not a great spot. Um, got into a lot of trouble. Uh, my mom shipped me out to my, my dad's house, which was in Seattle. Uh, let me tell you, that's probably not the greatest place to send your kid when he's struggling with drugs. <laughs> so... Uh, that just really kind of progressed things in my life. Uh, I, I couldn't get enough of, of the drugs. Uh, I would take any concoction mixture that I could possibly could get my hands on uh, to, to, uh, to ease the pain. So I uh, tried to go back to, uh, so I was in Seattle. I uh, had this weird crazy experience i'd been up for several days uh, i was hanging out with some people uh, when you're up for several days things are never good uh, and i remember hanging out with a couple people and i just watched this guy's face just I'm in, i mean if you could call it the devil it was the devil like everything just turned and it freaked me out absolutely terrified me and i got out of out of uh Seattle as quick as I could, went home, went to uh, see my mom. I told my mom at that point in time that I, I needed a lot of help. And so I, I, I stayed there in Houston for a little while. A friend of mine was in Pensacola, Florida, uh, going to the Brownsville Revival at the time. We were, we were childhood friends. And so uh, I got plugged in there uh, with him, and things seemed to be kind of working well. Uh, for me, um, and then uh, I just, I look back now and I reflect, it was on me, and I, I, at the time I really blamed God, but I looked at people in the church, I looked at leadership in the church that I was going to, and I saw a lot of hypocrisy, and I, lo I saw a lot of things that I felt like they shouldn't be doing, 
In hindsight, and I look back at that now, and I'm thinking, well, it's because we go to church because we're jacked up, right? We don't go to church because we don't need anything, right? Like, we all know that we, 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 we need the Lord. So uh, at that time, it really just kind of turned me off. I had some people asking me for some drugs that were, were involved in the church uh, that didn't sit really well with me. And uh, I felt like I couldn't shake that persona of who I used to be. And so uh, my father passed away kind of in a weird moment. Uh, and then I, I went to Dallas and uh, chose not to, to follow the Lord again. I was kind of back in that, like, just, just leave me alone kind of mode. It's uh, where I met Allison. Praise the Lord. There was one good thing that happened in Dallas. Uh, you know, certainly our marriage uh, is not ideal. And I think that's a hard thing for me to, to deal with at times. I struggle with that. I struggle with the fact that uh, I brought a, brought a lot of baggage into, into my marriage. But, um, you know, we, we were there in Dallas uh, I was hustling, selling drugs. I was really tangled up. I was tangled up with, with uh, uh, a, a mafia group at the time. Um, and some, some tragic things happened. Some, some things went up missing. And people's lives were, were certainly at risk. And uh, I knew that this life wouldn't, wouldn't last. And, uh, you know, I would always tell Allison, like, hey, if you're in for the money, like, it's going to go away at some point in time. Uh, I hope, you know, hope that you're not here and that it would all come crashing down at some point and then I was leaving. I already had an escape route. I knew what I was going to do. And so uh, we went back to Florida. At that time in my life, uh, marriage was not an option. Kids were not an option. Church was not an option. You know, if I would have if I would have been smart enough, I would have tried to write that, have Allison sign that. But I definitely presented that to her, and I said, "Are you in? Because this is where I'm at." And she said, "Yeah, absolutely." So uh, a little bit of time goes on in Florida. Um, we uh, we are expecting Haley at the time, and. Uh, that's where Allison and I started taking two different paths. God was wakening up Allison and shaking her heart, stirring her up. See, we both were raised in Christian homes. We both knew what our lives should look like. But we both at that time had some really hardened hearts to, to, to God and, and, and to the church. But God began to, to stir in her uh, and it's definitely a, a, a good thing for, for her and, and our family. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it at all. I really started getting mad with God. Like, what? I don't think you, like, what, what part of this don't you understand? Like, leave, me, leave us alone. Like, I don't want this in my life. I don't. But as you can tell, when you have a, a believer and an unbeliever, and you know at this time we're married, uh, that really puts a big strain on on the marriage. It really does, especially if 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 you're an individual like my myself that uh, was was into drugs and alcohol. 
uh, and pornography. Those were, those were huge that continued into my marriage. And as my life uh, was out of control and causing more major problems, uh, unfaithfulness in my marriage came up. I was trying to cover all of that up. You know, as Allison was growing in the Lord, like there were things, there was things that she caught me in. There was lies that I got busted on. Uh, there were uh, things that she didn't know that I would cover up. And I can't remember time and time again, like we would go around this circle and I would lie as much as I possibly could to get myself out of, of the situation. And, uh, you know, it, that happened for seven years, uh, you know, I, it was really hard. I remember, you know, Allison and I were were talking. You know, this has been a while back, but you know, she said, uh, you know, the seven years of our marriage was hell, and that was that was really definitely hard for me to to swallow. I still kind of struggle with that, but uh, you know, my life was just a ticking time bomb, basically. It was only a matter of time before things would all explode. How long was I going to be able to keep hiding all of these lies? Uh, as, as in that first seven years, you know, God began to, to stir on me. Um, I was getting tired of, of the lies. I was getting tired of trying to cover things up. And... Uh, I, I started coming to the realization that God was not going to leave me alone. And so I kind of started, I don't know, you could call it a game maybe. Uh, you know, I'll play the game with God a little bit if I can keep my family, keep, keep my wife. And uh, as we all know, that doesn't work out uh, very well, uh, trying, to, trying to play games with God. But uh, there was a point there where I wanted to stop. I wanted help. I knew that I needed help. Uh, but I couldn't stop the sin. I couldn't change. Uh, I remember going to, you know, Allison was helping me out in so many different ways. Uh, we had gone to counseling several times. Um, I went to Every Man's Battle. I don't know if anybody knows what Every Man's Battle is. I went twice, and it didn't work out real well for me. <laughs> Uh, mainly because I wasn't honest. I wasn't honest with myself and with, with what was happening in my life. Um, and, man, it was just, it was crazy. I would go, you know, a couple weeks, like I would, I would do really well, you know, and then I would crash. And then I would do really well, and then I would crash. But what I started realizing is that my sin kept getting greater. The, it, 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 was, it was like a monster inside of me that just kept growing and kept growing. You know, the more pornography that I consumed, the bigger that got. The more drugs that I consumed, the more I would take in, the more I would consume. It just kept growing. Even though that I was having some small victories and some small wins, I wasn't, I wasn't completely, uh, uh, what would you say, um, you know, I, I was, it was still in my life. It was still in my life, and I could not, I was struggling with that, and so I started living two lives, and I had this life that I was going to church, 
Uh, I was trying to read the word. I was trying to get plugged in. But then the other side, I had this baggage that I just, I just couldn't shake it. I could not shake it. Uh, I was afraid to, to share with my wife the true sin of my life. I knew what was going to happen if I, I, if I shared that with her. I knew that uh, my, my family would be gone. I knew that my wife would leave. You know, we had talked about that before, and so that was definitely the unfaithfulness side of things. Definitely didn't want to talk about. I wasn't going to bring that up. Um, but guess what? Our sins will find us out, right? Um, the time bomb exploded in my life. Uh, I remember Allison telling me, you're going to tell me everything right now. All on the table. No more BS. Let's talk about it. End of story. So I shared with her everything. And I don't know, it took probably 10, 15 minutes. And all I saw was tail lights. I knew that was it. I knew that my family was gone. But it's kind of a, you know, on, on one end, I, I really just puked on Allison, all of this stuff that's happened for seven years, all these lies and deceits and stuff. And so I really unloaded all of that. And one aspect for me, I felt really good, but then it really put a lot on my wife. And uh, so finally coming out of, of, of having all of that truth, uh, I really felt like uh, God could start working right. In James 5.16, it says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Um, you know, you can't have that true redemption without confession, right? Uh, so having that confession with, with, with Allison was, was definitely a huge step uh, for me. Um, I remember, so I worked, at, I worked from home. I had a little business out in the, in the shop. Kids are gone. I'm, I'm obviously just a complete wreck. And uh, I start having, I don't know if you want to, I call it fighting. I was fighting with God. I was arguing with God. Uh, and it was a lot of just yelling at God, uh, laying out all of my frustrations, telling him I didn't want him in my life, asking him why I couldn't stop. Why couldn't I stop all of these addictions? No matter what I did or what I tried, I could not stop on my own. Uh, I remember God very clearly. I'm, I'm, I'm laying on the floor. I don't know how many days have been gone that, that Allison and the kids are, are gone. But I just remember my, just my life being in a, in a shattered like glass in a million pieces. And I remember if, if I've ever heard God audible, I've heard him at this moment in my life. And he had two questions for me. He said, are you done running? And then his next question was, what happens if I don't give you your wife and kids back? Where does my relationship stand with you? That was a big one for me um, as I was trying to, to play 
church and, and, and balance this, these two lives, you know, I would, I would pray to God and, and, and say, you know, God, if, if you do this for me and keep my family, I'll do this. I'll, I'll get on the straight and narrow and I'll get my life together. And uh, I can only imagine what God was thinking as I'm like trying to negotiate with God. Uh, but definitely, <laughs> definitely jacked up to, to say the least. Um, you know, as God asked me that, where, where does my relationship stand with you if I don't give you your family back? I knew right then that I had to make that decision uh, to follow Christ, to repent of all of my sins, and to follow Him. I knew that if life continued at the path that I was on, uh, it was going to continue to get worse. And I was very fortunate um, in my life as I did some really uh, stupid things, uh, I remember, you know, uh, I was in a mall picking up some, some drugs with a buddy of mine, and we're walking out of the mall, and we've got that straight shot, and you see all the glass, and I'm walking out, and all I see is police and mall security just swarm the, the doors and you got two bags, and you're walking. And I looked at my buddy, and I was like, uh, I think I want to go this way. And he goes, yeah, no, we can't. We have to go through that door. No matter what, we got to go through it. We can't go back. And I'm just thinking, okay, this is it. This is over. It's done. Like, I'm out. Like, you know, sayonara. And uh, praise God, man. Like, they were there getting some other shoplifter. I was ready to just... Hit the, right when we hit the doors, I was ready to just like let everything go and fall down face on the ground. I was done, uh, you know. But to see God's grace in my life like that, even though that I, I wasn't following him, was uh, pretty, pretty incredible. I think I got off track there, sorry. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I surrendered to the Lord. Uh, I confessed my sins to him. Um, I was finally being honest and truthful. And what that did was that it allowed God to start healing my life. Uh, God was walking me down that road of forgiveness uh, with some issues that I hadn't been dealing with. Uh, some of the big ones that, uh, really the big one that God showed me, you know, I was struggling. I was like, God, why am I this way? Why am I struggling? What's wrong with me? And God sh started showing me that I had an issue with abandonment. And so God just started walking me through that abandonment. And it started, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to think. I didn't think about this at the time, you know, as I'm, I'm going through all of this. Uh, these issues that are impacting my life, they're impacting my life. Uh, probably losing the words for it, but it's kind of indirect in a sense, I guess. Uh, but it, it, it was things in my life. So the adoption, right? So my, my adopted parents letting me go, that was an issue for me. That was abandonment. And then my parents being divorced when I was young. Another, another separation, another abandonment piece for me. Um, you know, I had two fathers walk out of my life. Then, uh, then you had the church, right? The sexual abuse thing. Definitely felt abandoned by God on that one. Not going to lie. I was pretty, pretty ticked uh, about that. 
You know, these all sent shock waves of, of abandonment uh, into my life. But, you know, it's really awesome to see how God has, has worked that back uh, into my life and, and healed me of all of this. Uh, I can honestly say that I'm a, a new person in Christ Jesus through this. Uh, you know, a verse that, that really sticks out to me is 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says that uh, that means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has go- begun. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I can remember several months after uh, surrendering to God, and I felt very vulnerable. I felt fragile. Um, there was definitely some aloneness for me, uh, but at the same time, I don't know if you've you know, have you ever had an injury and then when you're, when you're in there and, and, and they're pouring the peroxide or the alcohol, all that stuff hurts. And then there's that, that, that time period there where it's okay. You know you're hurt, but you're not, you're not feeling the pain. Does that make sense? But I was kind of in that, in that phase for me. Um, anyways, uh, I can honestly say that through all of my darkest troubles... God's never left me. Um, God never stopped pursuing me. And as I reflect back on those times in my life, I, can, I can't count how many times God was there uh, pursuing me. No matter how many times I yelled at God uh, to leave me alone, uh, His love never abandoned me. You know, I shared the story about walking out of the, out of the, the mall and thinking I was going to go to jail uh, a really, really, really huge, another time in my life that uh, God was right there, uh, someone really, 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 really close to me, um, was, was dying in my arms, and I didn't think we were going to make it to the hospital in time. I knew I was going to jail, and I, I wasn't sure what, what the outcome, I mean, like, there, it was just happening so fast. I'm trying to keep this person alive. I got my fingers shoved down their throat. They're, they're, they're basically overdosing right now at this point, and, you know, I don't know, man. It seemed like it, it seemed forever, and I'm... We're driving, and we finally get into the hospital. And I kid you not, this is like out of a movie. And I, 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 still to this day, it, it baffles me. I'm trying to, I'm in a minivan. We pull up. I slide the door open, and I'm trying to get this person out of the, the vehicle. We're five feet from the door. Nobody sees us. Nobody comes out. And I'm shaking this person and trying to get them out, and they're fighting me. And they finally took a deep breath. <sighs> I don't want to go in there. And I said, well, you better breathe. Uh, that was the first time that I think they breathed in, in, in several minutes. But that's what was happening. They were, they were uh, swallowing their tongue. I had to shove my fingers down their throat to keep the airway open uh, for them to, to breathe. Uh, but I just look back at that and say, wow, you know, God was still there for me through all of that. So I'm very thankful of that. Uh, so... 
kind of want to get back to my marriage. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's 11.30. I thought I was going to really struggle with, the, with this. So getting back to my marriage, uh, God was definitely doing some incredible things in my life. Uh, but my family was still gone. Uh, this definitely was painful for me, and I definitely wasn't sure if that relationship was ever going to be reconciled. I really didn't. Uh, I didn't think that that was even going to be a possibility. I know that Alice and I went for several months uh, without any really communication at all, uh, so um, it was really kind of hard to, to even understand where she was at. Um, I started digging into the God's Word, you know, as, as God's starting to, to get my feet kind of settled in, and I, I started looking uh, in the Word uh, about unfaithfulness in your marriage, uh, and what are the results of that? Well, let me tell you, it ain't good. <laughs> not what I found uh, on those days of my search. It was not good. What I found were my results uh, of my sinful actions were death. I had destroyed my marriage, my family. I brought death to uh, my marriage. Wow, that was a really hard thing for me to, 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 come, to come to grips with. I wasn't sure, you know, I, 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 I would go back to that question where God said to me, no matter, are you going to follow me regardless if I give you your, your, your family back? And so I knew that I had to keep moving forward. I had to kind of set that aside. I remember a counselor talking to me and he says, listen, man, you know, you got to realize that, yes, you're a son of God, but she's a daughter of God as well, and he's going to protect her. And so that really kind of just let me let that go uh, for that time in my life and just really kind of kind of focus on me. Um, several months had went by. Um, I was living with uh, a friend of mine that was a pastor. Uh, Allison and the kids decided to come home. Uh, they were here. And uh, it was good to, 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 to see them, but it was, it was definitely bringing back the, the pain. I could see the pain that I had caused my wife. It was, it was tough. Um, I had... You know, I worked at home, and so I had to shop at home, and so I was able to come every day to, to work. And so uh, I would show up early in the morning, and I would walk around the outside of the, she wasn't going to let me in. I would walk around the outside of the house, and I would just pray. And I would just pray for my family. You know, definitely lost, not sure what was going to happen, but, you know, it was tough to see my family every single day and to know that there was this separation that there was this line between us. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure. So I just kept digging into God's word. And something that really stuck out to me is, uh, you know, the, the, the one story was, was uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And I thought, man, if there's any little hope, if there's any little hope that I can have, I'm going to hang on to that story. And, and so I just began to believe it, right? I was like, God, if you can raise Lazarus from the dead, you can bring life back into my, my marriage, right? And so I would pray that. I didn't get hung up on that, but I definitely prayed that, and I, I, I believed that God would bring that life back into our marriage. And uh, 
don't know. Uh, one, of, uh, one of the scriptures, it says, uh, delight yourself in the Lord and I will give you the desires of your heart. I really didn't know what the desires of my heart were at the time. Uh, I, I definitely wanted my family back, but I knew that God knew more of what I needed than what I really needed. And, but delight yourself in the Lord and I will give you the desires of your heart. I just really focused on God. Just really dove into God's word and uh, had that relationship with the Lord and just, just put that trust uh, in him. Uh, it was probably eight months or so after Allison and I were, were separated. Um, I don't remember exactly how other than I was, I remember being at the house. I think she was going back to school at the time. And she asked me to come back home. And I remember telling me that there can't be any more lies, that our marriage would not stand firm on lies, and it would require full transparency in our life moving forward. We were talking uh, yesterday, and uh, Allison brought this up, and it was good. It talks about lies and fellowship and how if there's lies, there can't be, you can't have true fellowship with, with lies. And so it's First John 1, 6 through 10. It says, if we are lying... So if we are lying, we, we say we have fellowship with God, but on, on, uh, with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and, and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness you know we weren't you know god wasn't going to be able to reconcile us if we couldn't be honest and truthful and i was really kind of you know for me uh you can't have that reconciliation without confession uh so you know we've we've definitely uh put transparency and, and truth in our, into our marriage. Uh, and praise God, man, we're here. You guys are uh, a part of this restoration story. Uh, I'm pretty excited to say that, the you know, it, it really stinks that the first seven years of my, my marriage were terrible. We're at 18 and a half now, so I'm on the better side. So we've been here for seven and a half years. Uh, super excited. You guys get to watch walk this out with us. Um, you know, I get to, to be really close to, to our in-laws. Uh, praise God for, for them and their faithfulness. And God, I don't know if we would be where we're at. Uh, you know, if I was my father-in-law, I'd have probably hung me up out back a long time ago. Uh, anyway, so seven and a half years, uh, what have we done? Uh, you know, when I, I think a year, right after Alice and I got together, uh, I don't know how the, the guitar thing started, but I always liked music. I really wanted to be a drummer, but my mom was not going to let me have drums in the house, uh, unfortunately. But I used to love just beating, you know, you give me some stick, something, I would just be beating on stuff. So that's probably why I never had any music uh, instruments in, in our house when I was a kid. But uh, Allison and the kids bought me a guitar for Christmas, I think it was. And, I don't know, I'm 
36 at this time, something like that, 36, 37. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's cool. That means I actually have to learn something. So I started messing around on YouTube, trying to find some songs. You know, I tried to, I tried to go the, the, the music theory route and learn all the notes, and I was really kind of struggling with that. But I really fell in love with, with some of the worship songs. And I found, yeah, I call it the cheater stick, the little capo. You know, if you like Barry, you can just play the whole neck, right? For me, I'm, I'm like a five or six chord kind of guy. And I use my little cheater stick, and then I can pretend that I'm as good as Barry. But, <laughs> but uh, anyways, but it really helped me out. I learned a couple songs. I shared a lot of those songs with you today. Um, it was pretty cool how God kind of brought that together. Um, we moved here. How did I get started in, in, in leading worship? It was a very interesting uh, experience. I was, uh, we were going to a local church around here, and uh, I remember the, pa- I only knew like three songs at the time, by the way. So uh, the, uh, the pastor, I don't know how we got on the conversation, but he, his wife led the worship, and she wasn't going to be there. And so I remember him saying, I don't know what I'm going to do uh, with worship. And so I went back and forth, back and forth about, do I bring the guitar? Do I not bring the guitar? I don't know. This is probably not a good idea. I've never played in front of anybody in my life. Uh, this could be a real train wreck, right? Uh, and so I bring the guitar. I leave it in the car. I walk inside, and I'm there early just to kind of fill it out. And I see hymns on every, on every chair, and I'm like, yes. I don't have to do this. This is good. This is really good. I didn't really talk to the pastor. Service starts, and the pastor goes, well, so my wife's not here. I tried to make a couple phone calls, and I couldn't get anybody to uh, come and fill in for worship. He goes, so we're just going to read hymns. He goes, and he just kind of gave the, the, the analogy of, you know, in, in other places of the world, you can't, you can't even speak the name of God, right? And so... He kind of gave that analogy and said, man, we're fortunate, so we're going to do these, we're going to just go through and everyone can, you know, if you want to pick uh, a hymn, man, we'll, we're going to do whatever we can, right? And I, I, I really felt the Lord pulling on me really hard that time, and I said, time out, I'll go get the guitar real quick. So that's how that started. I started with three songs, I sat on the front row in a chair, and I led probably ten people in worship, and, uh, you know, it's a pretty, pretty awesome experience. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Um, I would have never thought in my entire life that I would have ever been playing the guitar, let alone leading worship. Uh, it's truly a God thing uh, that that's a part of my life right now. And I, I am very grateful for it. There's something uh, about being able to, to enter into the presence of the Lord uh, with a guitar. I'm definitely super passionate, as I'm sure you guys are all aware of that. Uh, you know, but I, I, every time I'm playing and I'm leading worship, I'm thinking about this story. I really am thinking about this story. There's not a lot of times that I don't think about this story. And I think that that, at times that can be a downfall. You know, I, I, I wish I could sit here and tell you that. My marriage is absolutely incredible. It's not. 
okay? I brought death into my, my marriage. God is working that and will continue to work that. And it's been several years that he's working on that. And there will be several more years, right? We have good days. We have bad days. You know, the thing for me is I, I, I get hung up, you know, uh, on the shame and the guilt of it. That hangs me up. You know, the devil can come in and just really mess my day up, you know. And, and it goes back to a little bit of my, my selfishness, right? When I see my wife broken and I see my wife crying, you know, I immediately go back to, man, you're such a jerk, such an idiot. Why did you do that? You just destroyed everything, everything. And that's hard. I don't know as a man if you see your wife crying and broken and you know that you caused the pain, that's tough. That's hard to swallow. I'm not going to lie. There's been several times I just want to leave. It would be so much easier. I tell myself it would just be so much easier for my family if I just left. You know, my wife could be free, right? She had the golden ticket to leave and she chose to stay. She had the golden ticket. She could have left freely. But God did something in her heart, right? Uh, I like this verse in Philippians 3.13. Paul's talking. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But... I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. That's, you know, like I said, that's, it's just, that's tough for me. It's really, really a, a big challenge. If that's, if that's the one thing that really hangs me up in my life, it's, 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 it's dwelling on the past. And I know that God says that he forgives my sins as far as the east is from the west, but that's him, you know. I, how do I... How do, I, how do I focus on that? How do I, how do I get those negative thoughts out of my mind, right? What do I, what do, I do? Uh, you know, that's staying in the Word every day. And, and guess what? I'm horrible at that. I'm not great. I'm not great. You know, over the last couple years in my life, I've, I've been surrounded by some pretty awesome men um, a lot of men here in this church have been a huge influence to me, and uh, you know, I've been I've been really trying to understand my roles and responsibilities as a man. I didn't have I didn't have a dad, not at all. How how I, I really struggled with this concept that God was 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 my father. I'm like, well, yeah, that didn't work out real well. Why do, I don't know if I. You know, I, I had a hard time understanding what I was supposed to be doing as a man. Uh, just day in and day out stuff, let alone spiritually leading my, my, my family. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate Mark and the leadership team. I, it, they're, they're really trying to bring this stuff out, and I think it's important. There's so many of us men that haven't had good spiritual leader. How do I lead spiritually when I didn't have my father to, to show me, Right? Uh, and I think that's an important thing for us, you know, I appreciate Pete and Josh, you know, navigating marriage and things with our young kids. It's so important right now uh, for us to be investing that time. There's, 
you know, I, I, I look, I think we're, we're, we're rare, you know, to have uh, a father and a mother in the home. And um, so, you know, it's just, it, it, it's super important. I have seen the enemy steal so much from, from, from God's people. I'm sick and tired of watching Christian men fall into the, the trap. Why? Why is that happening? So for me, I want to band with, with, with men that want to talk about these issues, that want to stand up for what's right, uh, to understand our roles and responsibilities as, as a spiritual leader. You know, I, you know, I, for a long time, I got hung up on this, God's got a calling for you, God's got a calling for you. That was a, a lot of that, that uh, very charismatic, I'm going to prophesy, and you've got these amazing things that God's going to do for you. I was really kind of hung up on that, and it really kind of set me up for failure as a, as, as a man. Uh, but then when I realized, well, as I'm digging into the Word, <laughs> my role and responsibility as a man is to protect, provide, and preside over my family. That's my number one objective. I need to be leading my family. What does that mean? What is that? What is that? Well, that's reading the Word, right? My wife has been the spiritual leader of my family for a long time, right? Who's doing daily devotions? It's not me. Right? I'm just being honest, right? I struggle with this, and I'm pretty sure most of us men do, right? I hear this all the time, like, man, I, you know, it's really hard for me to read. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm good for five or ten minutes or whatever, you know. Uh, man, that is, it's lame. It's really kind of a lame excuse for us uh, as men. Um, you know, when things are on the line, that was something that I realized uh, when my family was gone, uh, how that changes, I remember digging into every book and everything that I possibly could. So my encouragement to you is don't wait till tragedy hits your life to, to start reading God's Word or reading books. Uh, get into it now. Amen? Um, yeah, so I definitely went off the script here for a little bit. Uh, so I'll try to wrap this up definitely a lot longer than I thought. I figured I was going to be like 15, 20 minutes. We're a little further than that. So... Uh, that's, that's good. Um, so for me, the things that I'm working on is, uh, the little disciplines in my life. What can I do? I can read, uh, the word a little bit more. Um, I can start being involved in those devotions, right? I got to figure a way out, man. It's my responsibility as a man to do this. Listen, it's not going to, it's, it's, it, I'm burden, burdening my wife with things that she shouldn't be, be, be burdened with. And so it's kind of, it's, it's, you know, I, I definitely believe that if you, if you restore the family, if you heal the family, you can, or if you have a strong family, you can have a strong church. And if you have a strong church, you can have a strong community. And then it, then it, it progresses out from that way, right? And so what do, what do I, what do I do? What do I need to do? And it's the, it's the disciplines. You know, I think we, when I came to Christ the first time, I just remember, hey, you'll have eternal life. That's cool. That's, praise, the God, praise God, that's awesome, right? 
What it, the other part of it that I didn't hear was, oh, it's going to be a real tough challenge. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me. Man, that's, 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 some, that's pretty brutal. You know, you're going to have struggles in this life. You're going to have pain in this life. You've got to, you know, you got to keep pushing. It's a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight. The devil's coming after you. He's like a, he, he, he's like a, a lion ready, ready to, to, to devour you, right? And so I got to take this more serious, right? The devil, the devil wants to cripple us. I don't want to see that anymore. I want to see God. I know... We, we are in some pretty awesome times. I know that it doesn't feel that way. Uh, I'm learning to look at life from a different perspective. Um, you know, as I was kind of going through this, uh, my perspective changed. You know, I used to dwell on, oh man, I had, you know, I was adopted and this and that and I had all these problems and blah, blah, blah. You know, praise the Lord, I'm here. And man, I should be looking at it different. God, I could, I, there's two things that could have happened in my life on day one. I could be alive, I could be dead. My natural parents could have made a very quick decision to abort me. Here I am dwelling on, oh man, they didn't like me, they, didn't, you know, they, they let me go or whatever. Man, I should be thankful. God has got a plan in my life. God is going to use those things in my life. I think the scripture verse is in your bulletins. It's Romans 8, 28, right, or something like that. Let me read it really quick. And we know that God causes everything to work uh, together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So I just got to start looking at the pain and, and the setbacks in my life as opportunities uh, and purpose that God's going to use in my life. So I, that, that is my new perspective in life. I want my, my walk with God to be more disciplined. Uh, you know, I was thinking about running. Um, I've been trying to get, I used to run all the time. I loved running. Uh, and it seems kind of crazy now because when I get on the treadmill now, it's like I'm dying. I'm dying before I hit a mile and it hurts. And then the next day I'm like, man, I don't know if I really want to get out there and do this again. That really, uh, that really stinks. And so I do it again, but man, I've been doing it for a couple weeks, and I'm still not like feeling it. But from my past, I do know that there comes a point where you feel great, and you feel alive, and it's exciting, and it becomes who you are. It's a part of your life, and so when you miss those days of going and working out and running, uh, you feel horrible, right? And I think that that's a reflection, too, of us in our, in our walk and our relationship with God is we've got to have that daily discipline Suck it up. It's awkward. It feels weird. It's uncomfortable to pray in front of your, your spouse and your kids. I know. I get it. I do it. Uh, but the more and more that we do it, the more and more we'll realize that we need it. Right? All right. Psalms 40, 2 through 3. This is something that Alice and I were talking about. Um, you know, something that, 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 that means a lot to me. It kind of sums up you know, where I'm at. It says, He lifted me up out of the pit of despair and out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to, God, to our God, and many will see what He has done and be amazed. 
They will put their, their trust in the Lord. So we'll close. The worship team wants to come up. We'll finish, it, finish up. Uh, my prayer is that this was an encouragement to you guys. Um, you know, I feel like I'm probably the biggest train wreck in the group here. And my hope is, is that my story encourages you. I don't know where you're at. I don't know. Maybe it's somebody you, you, you know that's, that's in, gone down this road. But what, I, what, I, what I can tell you is uh, God's there, right? There's no sin that's too great that's going uh, to, to, to separate his love from you, right? And young kids, young adults, Hang on to God's word. It's a battle out there. I know that being a, 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 a young high school student, it's a challenge. Your life over the next several years is going to be the hardest. Life is so much easier for me now, but when I was in those very influential days, it was a, it was a, it was a, a great, great challenge. Uh, stay true to God. Link arms, you know, I think it's really cool that we have so many young people here. You guys need to link arms together, man, and stay strong. Don't give in to the temptation, man. You're going to see people's lives get destroyed. Don't, don't do it, man. Don't do it. I'm very fortunate, but I can promise you a lot of people don't have the same story as I do. I'm very, I feel very, very blessed and very fortunate that God has brought me out of that. But that's not always the case. That's not always the case. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody uh, listening to me. I hope that this was a blessing to you guys. And we'll stand and, and do one more song.